many ways. A Diverse Life, the podcast that explores how people live, love, play and work in all their diversity. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, welcome to episode 23 of A Diverse Life uh, with me, Ian Pringle. Uh, this is going to be our last episode for a bit. Richard and I have been having a chat and um, although we've really, really enjoyed doing these episodes and we've done 23 for you, so there's loads out there to listen to, um, we want to have a bit of a break from it and what we'd like to do is kind of plan a few episodes, um, maybe about six episodes, which we will put together in more detail with more content. So they're going to be longer episodes, maybe up to an hour long, um, but we want them to be really dynamic with lots of different people, lots of experiences, lots of different sounds. Um, so something a bit more immersive than we've been doing up until now and something that really explores the different ways that people live their lives. Um, but we had a couple of loose ends to, to tie up, really. So, And one of the main ones was that um, we'd been following Mick for a little while on his walk. And um, he's finished his walk now. And he did a interview with Richard just talking about his experiences on the walk. And we really thought it was important to share that before we finish up uh, for Christmas and for a little extended break beyond Christmas. So... Um, Without further ado, let's have a listen to the interview that Richard had with Mick. So Mick, you've completed your 1,000 mile walk uh, across Spain, going from Marbella to, to Monaco. You arrived in Monaco, I believe, last weekend. That's right. It was on the 30th of November, and it would have been around about half eight, nine o'clock. It seems, it seems uh, a long time ago now. This is a, a week ago. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's a memorable occasion. How does it feel to have completed, I mean, you've done, you know, 30 days worth of walking, you've done a 1,000 miles in that 30 days. How does it feel to have completed it? it on, on go, well, initially, it, it, was, it was a relief. And then, and, and then it was just really a reflection of certain moments but then as it unfolds there was 30 days worth of immersion into a particular area that I'd really compartmentalized my mind so the only thing I thought about was the walk and each day was one day at a time I couldn't possibly think of more than one day into the future it was just the one day and that's that's what kept me going and then to get out of that mindset of one day at a time took me a good few days mm. which was um uh i'd never experienced anything like it before and then then it was the drive home that's what that's what brought it more home to me because I mean during during the walk you know we kept up with your progress and uh, we've done sort of two or three segments in previous episodes about the walk and your update on that uh, I mean you were walking alongside you know motorways you were going through mountains small villages big cities you know you must have seen more of Spain I should imagine in that 30-day walk than, than most people see in a lifetime that's right and 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 you 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 went into each area and the the the, 
the, the culture would change, the, the environment would change, the architecture. Because we've traveled through three countries as well. So it was Spain, France, and then into Monaco. And it, it, you never quite knew. You could come out of a tunnel, out of a motorway tunnel, and see the most idyllic view because you then came out the other side of a mountain. And then you'd be looking, for example, I remember one quite striking. You, you, you came out and it was looking through the archways of a viaduct. And, and it just looked like a painting. It was, it was incredible. And how did you keep going? Because, um, you know, walking for 30 miles, you know, for one day, it would be challenging enough for, for the majority of people. But you had to do it relentlessly day after day for 30 days. What, what was your sort of routine to, to keep you going and to make sure that you could do that? It, the, the routine was pretty much the same every day with just fine adjustments depending on if I was tired, whether my feet were sore, generally things like that, whether I needed a rest. Um, but I just kept, I kept the same routine every day. I got up at one minute to six every morning. Uh, I got my, my breakfast prepared for me. I'd make sure I got my feet, the routine to prepare my feet. I got a file, I'd got plasters, uh, creams of all description. And then it would be a case then of getting my shoes on, making sure nothing was chafing, and then get my kit on. My bag was then, it was like, get, it was, we, we used the saying, is my parachute, is it, is it all complete? So it was that important. If I got one thing missing out my rucksack, out my bag, it, we, I was just using the analogy of a parachute that it could be catastrophic to that day's walking. So once I'd, I was learning on the job, so initially I'd never walked 33 mile before. My, my longest walk during training was 29 mile. And then after that, I'd got a rest period for about a week where I was walking during the training program. But then when the when walk came, it was my first day, I think I walked 35 miles on that day. And it was the first time I'd ever broke the 33 mile barrier. And then what I'd got to make sure incrementally every day, I didn't make any big adjustments because any additional stresses or strains could have had an impact of uh, muscle strain, for example. And I think we've all experienced muscle strain that on the second day, you know, you overexert yourself and on the second day, you, 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 you can't, you, you, you're aching, you, you, your joint, your bone, your muscles are stiff. So it was a case of making sure I didn't overdo any one area and down to eating the same foods and, the, and, and making sure I didn't have anything that was going to upset my stomach and, and things like that. Everything was a fine and drinking too much, making sure I didn't need to, you know, get to the toilet when you're in a built up area and you've got no toilets and, you know, you, you've all sorts of things. So it was, uh, you just planned it and then you'd just got that one day to complete. That was it. One day. So I was focusing on 
walking as smoothly as possible so I wasn't banging my heels on the floor hard that I, I didn't I didn't uh, twist myself getting onto a curb any stones and 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 so on so it was a, it was a complete step by step hour by hour day by day and I just got and that's all I thought about all day long was that one day's walk nothing else were there any times, you know, over those 30 days, like you didn't think you'd make it? Were there, were there times when you started to doubt yourself or, or doubt the idea that you'd had? Or, or did you just want to throw in the town? Or? I think there were, there, well, I know there were certain days that were emotional. Uh, that that it, it, was, it was getting the better of me, I'd say that. Was there any doubt? My fitness was never in doubt. Not, not one day in my training program. Natalie, my coach, she, she put a training program together. And like any coach, if you believe in your coach, you do exactly what they tell you. And that's what I did. And she, she did that, so I, train, I trained on that. And I had no problem fitness-wise. So that was one thing I hadn't got to think about. I'd got an absolute belief that I could walk 33 miles consistently day after day. So I didn't have to think about that one bit. Mentally, the days, some of the days were tougher than others. And they, they could be influenced by, by the, the one, one, of the, one of the difficulties during the day was the, the, the daylight window in the day was shorter than the amount of walking time. So therefore... Well, it's quite often, when we sort of watch the videos and things, you were arriving at the end destination in the dark. That, that could be up to three hours in the dark. And that, that, was, that was massively challenging. Because in the dark, I could be walking down a country lane, for example, for, for two, two and a half hours pitch black, no street lights, no nothing. And I didn't know what was down there. And there's other times I was walking down where it was more of an agricultural area and the farmers had got really nasty guard dogs. And they, they were terrifying. I, 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 can't, I can't explain to you the nervousness of when you get uh, a either a pit bull or a Rottweiler or, or, or Doberman, the other side of a fence is flimsy and it's, it's jumping at the fence to try and get you. It, it, it was, it was frightening. And then the other, the other one at night time, you've got the oncoming cars. You always walk into the traffic. So you're walking on the road, no pavement, into a stream of traffic in the dark when all I'd got is a little torch that was about two inch long right and it was my I felt like Darth Vader with it it was my only, <laughs> only defense <laughs> yeah so I was trying to fend these cars off with this action of my arm sweeping diagonally in front of me flashing the light and it actually worked. They could see it from quite a way off. And uh, that, that really, 
help. So I got my own saber and, and it was uh, a protection. But the, the lorries and, and the dark and the dogs and just the darkness in a foreign country, not knowing the map is not the territory. So you don't know what you're leading into. And, and the Google Maps is very, it is very helpful without question, but it can lead you into difficulties. Mm. It, I, I finished up in quarries where Karen and Claire, the crew, had to come and fetch me. And it was, it was like a gypsy site down the bottom next to the sea. And, that, and it was getting to the point where the dark, the, it was going to be dark. And there was people down there with guns and, and all sorts. So, yeah, that it, was... It, it certainly looked at times, that the, you know, the videos and the conversations we've had, it certainly looked at times like it was um, not an easy walk. It was quite dangerous as well, I think, at, um, at times. But that sort of you know, feeling of walking through, a, you know, the darkness and, and not really knowing your direction and everything else, I imagine that's how, you know, people who are struggling with their mental health Maybe that's how they feel. It is lost in the darkness without any kind of um, sort of way out. And I think in one of your videos, you said, you know, for me, my difficulty and my journey will end in 30 days time. Um, but, you know, for somebody who's struggling with mental health, there isn't that end date. There's not that finishing point. I think, I think it's, it's a perfect point, Richard, that you, you, you brought up from the walk. And... It was an end date. I'd got. I, I was. I was breaking it down into even down to a quarter of an hour at a time. Sometimes when I was struggling, I would think I'd just get to this next quarter of an hour, and then the next quarter of an hour. And I'd even at times have to break that down and say just five more minutes, just five more minutes. And but when when somebody has got an unresolved problem, an issue with mental health, and they haven't got that date, they haven't got an end to their problem that they can understand and there's clarity in it. It's terrifying. It must be because your life's ticking away. Your life seems worthless. It seems pointless. You've got X amount of your life that is wasted. The time is wasted. It's been taken off you or somebody else is in control or whatever each individual has got as, the, as their trouble and it's personal and everybody's going to be different and it's going to reoccur at different frequencies and times and different triggers will trigger that, that emotion. Uh, it's, yeah, so the walk really does capture it encapsulates the and that's well that's what the design of the walk was all about it was to stretch endurance it was to stretch mindset it was to stretch challenge to go into uncertainties uh, that that's that's what it was designed to do and and it certainly did touch on all those points, certainly. What was one of the highlights of the walk for you? Highlights? Highlights? One, one, 
one of the highlights was just what flashed into my mind there wasn't a particular scene or or anything it was it was the integration of myself and the crew Karen and Claire when all of a sudden one day it clicked and we all knew our role within within the walk that then took a huge weight off me that I hadn't got to think about that anymore I knew my foot preparation everything was going to be right I knew my vitamins were going to be ready for me I knew my backpack was going to be was going to be done properly and everything there and I knew the route was going to be well thought out because we had to learn to map read in a sense of you got google maps but then you got you got, so you got you look at the roadmap or you look at a satellite view or you know there's different views different ways you look and look at it and then we've got distances to work out then we've got accommodation to book for the next day and if you're doing it on booking.com or something that this that 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 apartment could be five or six miles away from your end destination point. Yeah. You've underestimated or overestimated. And then you've got that to adjust and compensate for on your transit time at the end of the walk and all these things. But once we got that nailed, that was an highlight because then I could start concentrating more on the walking than the organising. I mean, you, you obviously had to take the time out of your, your business, so you had to take the time out of Cheeky Nutrition to, to do the walk and, and all of those things there. What would you do differently if you were to do it again? What would I do differently, Richard? Would you do it again? I, I, I wouldn't do the exact same walk again because I truly believe I got away with a lot on that walk with roads. I nearly got killed three different times with vehicles jumping out of the way, getting crushed against a barrier when, when a coach dragged the back end of the coach around with motorway Island, things like that. Uh, I got, I, I got on the wrong road. I got on the, on a blue motorway, uh, an AP seven where I had to get over a barrier to get off the major road system. I'd just inadvertently gone down the wrong slip road. I was on the right, I was on a major road. I was in trouble, I had to climb over. And I got my legs all scratched to pieces and, and, and so on. Would I do the same same walk again? The dangers, no. Uh, how I feel now, I got away with a lot. So no, I, I wouldn't, I, I actually wouldn't do that walk again. Would you do another walk of a similar magnitude, though? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Now, we chatted earlier regarding the UK. How could I walk a thousand miles in the UK? Well, lands into John O'Groats, if my memory serves me right, is something like 730, 750 miles. So you can't do it in the UK. It's longer than the tip of Scotland to the to Land's End to even add a bit more distance on. So it would be in a foreign country with a different language, driving on the other side of the road maybe, 
And uh, by the very nature of that, you're going from territory to territory, and I don't know how you can have a, a safe walk or where it's... I don't know. I'd, have to, I'd really have to, to think about it and, 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 and work that one out. Because I think you were saying that once you've completed the walk, and obviously you were coming back from Monaco, back to, to Marbella, where, where you are now, it took you something like 16 hours of driving on a motorway. And, and just to kind of put that into sort of perspective, I was trying to work out, in the UK, you know, if you spent 16 hours driving on a motorway, you know, I, I don't think there's 16 hours of motorway that you'd be able to do it on. You know, just to give an idea of perspective, even in a car, the return journey took you 16 hours of driving. Yeah, it, it took 16 hours on motorways. And that's taking all the curves of the, the coastal roads out and so on. So we did point to point. So it was more inland point to point. And that was 16 hours. And driving back, that's when, that's when the realisation of the walk itself, of how long it actually was. And if I'd have driven that route first, I wouldn't have done the walk. Because I couldn't, I couldn't in my mind work out how to break down the, the monotony of 33 miles each day. So a straight line like that, I was only having to think along the coast. I was sort of one day at a time. And I could, I could mentally handle that, but I couldn't mentally handle that drive back and saying, you've got to walk all this distance. I couldn't get my head around it. So do you think if you'd have done the drive beforehand, you would never have started the actual walk? I don't, I don't think I would. I don't, I don't think I would have, I don't think I'd have done the walk. That, that's how I feel. That's how I felt when I was driving. That was my emotional state. I was just looking in disbelief, looking into the, into the distance where the motorway would be going with the curves and, uh, just into the distance now i i couldn't imagine doing that I, I just couldn't so by good fortune how we organized it it, it allowed me and, and 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 the crew to to take it on mm. so yeah and how did you feel once you because i mean i've you know i watched uh the bit where you crossed the finish line in Monaco and then so How did you feel when you realised that you were going to do that? You know, when, when you, you knew that you were definitely going to complete it, you didn't have to think 15 minutes ahead or, or the next two or three miles. You know, what, how did it feel on the realisation that you've done it? You've done that thousand mile walk? Because I'm sure there were people that doubted that you could do it. I, there's definitely people doubted whether I'd be able to do it or not that that's that that's um, not in question and some people have admitted that now which you know I, I really do thank their honesty and openness that that last stretch I, I actually got down on my hands and knees and kissed the finish line and then trying to stand up I nearly fell over because I didn't realize my legs had just about gone it it was it was, it was relief in, in one respect. And then we had a chat that night and I said, look, are we missing something here? Do we want to extend this walk 
uh, is, there, is there any extension that would achieve anything worthwhile? And and uh, we we very quickly got to uh, no, we don't want to extend it. <laughs> well, they're not keen on you carrying on and doing doing it. I mean, if you had to extend it, though, where on earth would you have gone? Well, that was the point. We we we'd have to do, we'd have had to do a real study as to. Um, Roots and so on, and where would it lead to, and so on. So it would have been just too complicated, just on the spare of the moment, just to extend it. Mm. But but it was relief. And once I realised, for well, one thing, what did happen, we walked through a tunnel, or Karen and Claire drove through the tunnel. I walked through the tunnel, and we lost total signal on our phones. Mm. And we lost we lost communication with each other. So we had to go old school and work out on uh, how to get to that finish line. But we managed it. But it did take a little bit of the, the excitement and the shine off because we were worried about each other and where we were going to be and was we going to be at the right place and the right time and so on. But, but, but that, that was technology. And, uh, yeah, it took a little bit of shine off, to be, to be fair. But, uh, what, did you, what on earth did you do the next day? So you, you've done your 30 days, you were in that routine that was, was very rigid and, and this is what you do. And so when you woke up in Monaco the next day, having completed that 1,000 mile walk, what on earth did you do? How did you, did you feel like something was missing? Well, what happened, it was absolutely lashing it down with rain. So we got, which isn't the image we think of when we think of Monaco, is it? <laughs> no. So we, we got one of the one of the richest countries in the world. I think it's either the one first or second richest country per capita in in the world. And we're walking down in the lashing rain, and um, it. I don't know really. It. We'd accomplished what we set out to do. And our, our minds were relaxed and we just had to keep nudging each other, saying we, we've, we've done it, we've done it. Because I couldn't have even done half a day on my own. The, the crew was incredible. I got social media, uh, uh, people who was helping me and encouraging me. I, cu I couldn't have done it on my own, none of it. And, and the relief that the three of us went through when we crossed the line was just, it really was special. It was one of those moments in life what you, you we will reflect upon mm. and, and, uh, and cherish as well. Because we achieved, we believe now we, we've actually achieved something that is, that is, uh, it is, yeah, something a little bit up and above. So that was, mm. that was a good feeling. So what are you going to do now? Are you just going to go back into, the day-to-day -day running of the cheeky nutrition business, or what? What happens to you now? Cheeky nutrition is a massive part of our lives. It's our business. It's our, our uh, it's our passion. What we do. So, with with that, yes, we'll get back to, as I say, the day job, but but it will be. I don't, I don't know really. Uh, what I'm what I'm trying not to do is get back into a daily routine, 
exactly the same as what it was before. I think it's important. I've met some fantastic people. I want to I want to explore other avenues in business. And I think what we've done, we've demonstrated that cheeky nutritional products work because I'm, I'm 55 years old and the endurance of 30 days. I mean, that's 30 marathons one day after another plus seven, seven mile on top each day. And, and at 55 years old, I, I think somewhere down the line, we, we, we want to try and, and get some sort of perspective. So uh, I'm, I'm talking to as many people as I possibly can. And to, to, to make the walk worthwhile, because we can, we can do, we, we can, we can help our business. We can help mental health. We raised, we're, we're over the 4,000 pound mark now. It could be about four and a half thousand pound by the time the, the the promises have come in maybe hopefully more i've been told that that will that will pay for over 500 calls of people calling the mind charity so that will help 500 potentially 500 people who want to speak to someone a professional within mind so there's there's lots to do from it and and I don't know what they all are at the moment, Richard. I'm leaving my mind open because I think there's there's all sorts of opportunities. What we can't see yet that this could this could unfold where we can where we can work with different organisations, different people, and 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 share the experiences because there's a lot of life learnings within this. So, and to to sort of bring this episode to to an ending, then if somebody's listening to this and they think oh i'd like to do something of a similar magnitude or a long walk or some you know some some life-changing sort of fundraiser then what sort of quick advice would you give to somebody if they were even considering doing something like this it's about the preparation the preparation is is absolute key because if you're not prepared you've not got your stamina you've not got your mental preparation in place what you've got then is, if it's to the magnitude of a thousand miles, the map is not the territory. You don't know, so you're going to be prepared, mentally prepared for the unknown. And and I'm not exaggerating that. This was, you know, I had near-death experiences. I've had dogs. You know, I've had people, all sorts of things. So. Depending on what it is, I, if it's climbing a mountain, I have no experience, but I've, I've got experience now of planning. And, and the, your team, the team of people, because you can't do it on your own. The team of people is absolutely essential, and you've got to know your job role. Whatever your role is within that team, you've got to own it. You've got to own it. Like my rucksack was my parachute. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that regimented and, and, and that. And that took that took a good few days to, for us as a family, uh, work together to get that to get that established. So, yeah, preparation, the role within, the map is not the territory. 
because it's it, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks for that, Mick. I'm sure um, we'll, we'll keep in touch uh, with your adventures and, and perhaps uh, see you on another uh, epic fundraising challenge in the future. Thank you very much, Richard, and thanks for your support throughout. Because we've spoken and uh, we've gone live on on the video chat, haven't we? And yeah, all <laughs> together. So it's been fantastic, and thanks for the invite and uh, being involved in in the podcast series. Appreciate it. And we really appreciate you, Mick. Thanks very much for sharing your time with us. And I hope that your fundraising continues to grow. Um, if you don't know or you can't remember, it's the charity Mind that Mick's supporting. So that brings us to the end. And it feels like sort of the end of a series, really. And But we will be back with a whole new series, like I say, with slightly less... Um, episodes but with a great deal more content in each of the episodes we produce um, if you've got any ideas about episodes that we could do then do get in touch with us um, at a diverse life pod um, that's on twitter um, you can get us uh, at a diverse life podcast at gmail.com um, and yeah that that's it really so thanks very much i hope you have a fantastic and diverse christmas and new year Goodbye. A Diverse Life was brought to you by Richard Shakespeare and your host, Ian Pringle. It's a diverse life.